What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 65.1. And we are continuing and moving on. This isn't the last episode yet. <laughs> uh, through uh, our Nightmare Before Christmas, Dead Space 2. Uh, today I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah. So I think it's safe to say, I know for a fact that I have made it past the part where I stopped originally back in, good God, 2010, 2011. Um, Matt, you're pretty sure you've made it past where you stopped as well? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure I made it past where I got stuck. And I'm also pretty sure I walked right through the room that I was stuck at before because I, 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 I thought I walked into a room and I said, Oh, this might be it. And then I just kind of killed the four or five enemies that were in there and carried on. And it was nothing special. And, and I, and I doubted myself a little bit thinking, well, if it was that easy, I couldn't have possibly have gotten stuck here. Yeah. <laughs> it couldn't have been that bad. Um, but then, you know, then I saw a bunch of stuff that, I just really didn't remember, so I've decided that probably was the spot. Yeah. I I know for a fact uh, the minute I walked in, I was like, yep, this is it. Um, and it wasn't we- even particularly hard or memorable, oh. the room. It was just a room for me. It wasn't It wasn't a big room. It wasn't a big fight. This room was, was, was difficult for me this time around, too. Hmm. Uh, and we'll get into that. It happens, actually happens in Chapter 10, no less. Um, the last uh, chapter. No, no, no. It's the very tail end of chapter nine. That's what it Before is. Before we get into it, did they stop displaying the chapter changes? That's what I want to know. Because I, I was like, did, I, did I, I thought I missed one or two. I know I missed two of them. I was like, where, where did chapter seven end and now I'm in chapter nine? Yeah, because the saves clearly indicate which chapter you're in. But yeah. I, I was – laser focused on the screen and I definitely know it did not say that I finished today's section to make it to chapter 11. I know that did not happen. I, but... s- I saw chapter 11 pop up. Oh shit. Yeah, I, I most certainly did. I did not. Uh, Nor was... did I see 8 or 9, I don't think. I did not see 8. I I saw 9. I did not see 10. Oh, that's weird. It's so weird. Maybe, like I don't know, maybe they just blend in. Or maybe I was just so focused on like not getting attacked. Yeah, I'm looking at all the vents. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, God, uh, we left off. What it was? Uh, chapter five. We finished mm-hmm. chapter five. We had our big betrayal where um, the the cult. Well, I guess they were the cult leaders. Um, got killed. <laughs> um, now we have a new villain. Uh, this guy is part of the, God, what is it? The Earth something. The CEC. The CEC? Yeah. What is that again? Uh, shit, I knew it last week. Something Earth Control? Or Earth Center? Containment Earth? Or something like that? I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, this guy is all about killing Isaac Clark. Uh, and Clark knows him? I don't know from where? Um, but yeah, he, he's starting to have communications with us. Uh, and every step of the way, he's trying to, to kill us. Uh, by either uh, turning off the air to the place or using a giant solar laser to cut through the space station, which happens a little bit later on. Um, so yeah, um, honestly, the, 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 at the beginning of this, there's not much to say. Um, at this point we, we were following, uh, our betrayer, but uh, now that she's dead, we're now following this crazy man named Strauss around. Uh, he wants us to meet up with him. Yeah, I like how he was basically our clear second choice, too. No, Strauss, we're not following you. Yeah. 
oh shit, she betrayed us. Well, I got nothing else to do. Might as well. Yeah, we, we've got nobody else. He's the only person that's talking to us. So, so we go to where he wants us to go. Uh, along the way, um, we go through kind of like a residential area and like shopping area. We run into another. Uh, what what was Isaac before? Like when he was an engineer. It, it, what was the group? He, it, it's he was part of the engineering group, but there was also a military part. Uh, we run into a person who used to be one of the military parts of the same group that he was in. Her name's Ellie. Yeah, Ellie Langford. Uh huh. Um, she's there. She's surviving. Uh, she doesn't trust Isaac to begin with, and just kind of leaves him. She's like, "Don't follow me, but you, I'll let you through, but don't follow me." Uh, and Isaac's like, please, you, you, we need to get out of here. We can work together to get out of here. Um, and from there, it's just like point A to point B, basically. Yeah, which is, again, really the, the only the only bit of a negative I have is that there, there's a lot of corridor to corridor stuff without some context to it all the time. I mean, it's not like they do nothing, so there's definitely some direction on what you're supposed to be doing, but your minute-to-minute actions don't really have much bearing on the greater goals. Yeah, there's no – like the story is we need to get here, and and then when we get there, we need to now get here. Yeah, there's not a lot of – it's not a lot of puzzles. I mean some of the zero-G stuff ends up being puzzle-based. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some. There's some navigation elements. But you know, for the most part, it's yeah, it's it's just survive until you get to the end. Yeah. Um. We eventually run back into Strauss. Uh, the whole time he has been using uh, telecommunications, and he's losing his freaking mind. Yeah, we are too a little bit because we keep hallucinating. Yeah, we keep seeing uh, Isaac's girlfriend, his dead girlfriend, and she keeps talking to him um, in these really weird ways. Um, I can't remember exactly what happens. I think I think what happens is, is Ellie runs into Strauss first before we get to him. Yep. Yeah, she meets him, and then she's like, "Do you know this guy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, he's with me. Don't don't kill him or anything. He's just crazy." Um. And she's like, all right, well, we're going to meet up then. We need to meet up somewhere. Um, and it's basically getting to her and him. And that covers like three chapters. <laughs> that co- yeah, that, that really does. I mean, it's like, all right, here's an obstacle. we got to get around it. We have to go here. And then we finally meet up with them, uh, like physically meet up with them. While, uh, oh, God, did we? Uh, I, I do want to talk about going through the fucking nursery. Oh yeah! Oh my god, I hate that so much. I had a weird sense of deja vu. Do you do almost the same thing in Alien Isolation? I've never played Alien Isolation. I, I guess maybe it was just this game the last time I played it, but for some reason when I was going through this part, I'm like, wow, I remember every single thing about this. I, it seems too familiar to have just been part of the playthrough from years ago. I don't, I don't know. know. That's... uh. That's an interesting one. Kind of in the same vein, though. You're on a space station or a ship being yeah. attacked by aliens. Um, I I do remember some of this. I do. I remember the part where it has that woman who's talking to the little baby. Yeah, and it's it, creepy. It crawls up to her and then explodes, and there's just blood everywhere. Yeah. Um, and the part in the uh, auditorium. Oh god! Or the gym? Maybe part. it was a gym. Yeah, it was, like a, it was like a gym, but they were like they had like a stage set up for like a play or something. Yeah, uh, yeah, because there's bleachers there, um, and this kind of like a stand your ground kind of thing. While these, you got babies that explode coming at you. You got the toddlers who have the long arms and the claws that will jump on top of you. Both of which die in one shot, but they move so stinking fast. Yep. Um, 
on top of that, you got regular necromorphs coming after you. They throw everything in the kitchen sink at you at that part. And that's, I mean, maybe that that one scene's not the beginning, but it's indicative of you know the game does have a lot more of these rooms. Yeah. You know, as you get through the the last couple of chapters here, you know, eight, nine, and ten, mm-hmm. and I expect more in the last five chapters, which I'm actually really excited to see since that'll be all new. Yeah. But but yeah, the the game is certainly ramping up in intensity. Oh yeah. It's becoming more of an action game than a than a horror game, I feel. Yeah. Because honestly, and, and I, I don't think more about specific jumped. kill rooms. Yeah. I don't think I've jumped this yeah. this playthrough. Yeah, and there's quite a bit of things popping out of vents and stuff. It's just that you kind of always know it's coming. Yeah, he's like, all right, something's probably going to pop up here. And then when it doesn't, I'm like, okay, it didn't happen here. It was going to happen up sooner. You know, it's... it's I don't know. Maybe maybe you get conditioned to to just now. It's all about getting surrounded more than it is something jumping out at you. Yep, it's I, trying not to get surrounded, and it's trying to manage my ammo usage. That's gonna be the big problem for me because while at the first episode I talked about, oh man, I got like forty seven plasma cutter shots. Yeah, no, <laughs> not anymore, buddy. And I've got some really good weapons. I'm st- I'm still using the line gun. I'm still using the the uh, the plasma rifle or the pulse rifle. I got yep. the, I got the plasma cutter, and then I traded in my rivet gun for the flamethrower. Uh I'm still using the rivet gun on all of those one hit kill enemies. Those are that's for my pulse rifle. Ah, uh. in fact, the pulse rifle's secondary attack is a grenade launcher. That'll clear them out real fast. Uh, the flamethrower is really good uh, because there's no requirement to dismember so I don't have to be accurate with the flamethrower just kind of hold it on them Uh, and well I I don't want to get into it just yet Uh, there's a strategy I had for the room that I got stuck at before um so yeah, we we run back into Ellie and Strauss. Um, we have to. It's one of those things where we have to use the tram to get to another part of the space station. Um, of course, we have to turn it on and all this other stuff. Uh, the whole time this is happening, we're still getting calls from the guy from the uh, the CEC trying to kill us. He turns off the uh, the life support, so now there's no air coming, and we're going to run out of air pretty soon, so we have to hurry there. Um, nothing ever comes of that. Did we just leave the area that he turned off? I don't remember turning the life support back on. Uh, yeah, yeah, we might have just escaped. I think, yeah, I think that's what happened because he, he was like, "There's nobody in the in that sector of the uh, space station that uh, is alive." Except for you guys, so we're just going to turn off the air to it, and I think we get on the tr- we fix the tram and then leave and get to another place that the life support's still on. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> there's not much exposition here. Yeah, there's Strauss there's is constantly more... getting crazier. Yep, and Ellie's constantly with him, trying to babysit him, but he's also nuts. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that that really is most of it of the story at this point. Yeah. So it's more about some of the monsters, some of the rooms, some of the set pieces. Yeah. Uh the let's talk about the room. The room that I had an issue with um that I, as soon as I opened it up and looked in, I was like, yeah, this is it. It was in chapter nine or chapter 10? It's at the very end of chapter nine. Uh, it, there's a bunch of like storage crates. The, at the beginning, there are those little pus pockets that shoot up the explosive things. Yep. All right. I kill those and then the, uh, Velociraptor guy starts showing up. Oh, so it's the second Velociraptor room. Yeah. 
Yeah. On top of that, there's also that one guy who slams his arm down and it explodes. There's one of those in there. Yep. And at the very end of that room, there is one of those giant wall creature things. Yeah, that spits out the... Spits the out the little... little Tri-appendage little guys. Yeah. That was the room. Um, because there's at least like six of those Velociraptor guys. There's the exploding hand guy. There's the ones that are only, they don't have legs. They have arms that crawl and they also have like a, like a scorpion tail. Those were yeah. in there. And then on top of that, at the very end of that room, right next to the door. So you can't just go out the door is the wall thing that spits out the things. I died here. Just, I, I did this part today, right, whenever I got off work. Um, I'd probably tried this room four or five times. On this playthrough? On this playthrough. On the second playthrough, or on my first playthrough, I went into that room with like four shots of the plasma cutter and maybe a line gun shot. I was screwed. Yeah. There was no way to get out of that. In this playthrough, I had... A lot of flamethrower ammo, and that's about it. So, what I then relied on this playthrough was throwing stasis at the enemies because the Velociraptor guys will hide behind boxes and stuff like that, and then and then all of a sudden just charge you. You can hear them, and then they start running at you. And if they hit, luckily, you, luckily they run straight at you. Yeah, they run straight for you. Uh, and if they hit you, they knock you down and then run away. Um, that gives me enough time to hit them with stasis, which then slows them down. As they are slowly walking toward me, I then pull out my flamethrower and just light them on freaking fire. Ah, you know that they're dead when the little new the item pops out of them. Yep. Uh, and so I would just hold that down on them until they had that item pop down. And then the stasis would release and their dead body falls on the floor. Uh, I did that with all of them. Uh, there was a few issues here and there where I ran out of flame or ammo, but luckily I was picking up items that came out of the bodies. Some of it could have been plasma cutter ammo or pulse rifle, stuff like that. Yep. Um, I'm mostly just using the plasma cutter still here. I turn it so that it's horizontal. Yeah. And then just take out their legs. That's the best thing to do, but then they turn into a really aggressive crawling thing. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> I feel like if you can hit them just right, you can take them out in two shots. You, can, you can knock yeah, you take can. their legs out with one and then hit them like right, I don't, I don't know, even know where it is, maybe right in the shoulder joint sort of. Yeah. You can but take, usually it ends yeah. up like four shots. Typically with these enemies, you have to dismember at least three body parts. What I could do is is freeze them. So they're in stasis, take out both their legs, and then hopefully cut their head off. And, <laughs> and that usually takes them out. Um, and then I'll go stomp on their body for a couple times and then make sure. Uh, but yeah, this room this room was still hard. I died like at least four times. Yeah, this, this room did end my playtime yesterday. No, not yesterday. The day before yesterday. I sat down. I had made it through maybe a level and a half. I got to this room. I only died once, but I, I thought it was going to be more of a struggle. I just stopped for the day, came back to it uh, yesterday, I think, and then I, I think I'd be done my second try, second or third try, but it, it could have easily gone longer. I don't know. I just the, the first time I just was destroyed. I kept missing them. And they kept hitting me, knocking me back, and then someone else would run at me. And there's not there's not as good a sight lines in this room as there are the first time you fight them. Yeah, these are like small corridors. Yeah, so you don't have as long to like line up the shots in most places. Yeah. Whereas the first time, you know, I, I could kind of tell where they were coming from and, and just kind of prepare for them. And it, it, since they come in such a straight line, if you can see exactly where they're coming from, they're they're not that hard. It's it's for me. It's when you've got more than one, or they're coming from weird angles, because they are relatively quick to get to you. Yeah, the best thing to do is when you hear them screaming, just pull out your gun and just get ready to aim somewhere. 
Yeah, and I'm always trying to get that one shot up, af- shot off after I stand up. Yeah, as they're running away, running away from you. I usually just pop them with the fire, and they're they're like running away while on fire. It does do damage over time, <laughs> but uh, it's not a, it's not a lot. Um, I've upgraded a few things. Uh, I went ahead and up, like I really like the flamethrower. Mm. Um, the alternate fire for the flamethrower is you take all of what's in your canister. It says it uses it uses fuel canisters. You shoot the fuel canister out, and it explodes about two seconds later. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the room that that killed me was at the end of chapter eight, and I think it was as I described it. There's sort of a you're on sort of an elevated catwalk, yeah. and there's the small aliens with the three appendages shooting up at you from below. Mm-hmm. And then there's some of those wall crawling scorpion tail guys, yeah. like dropping onto the platform near you. And I think that room has a couple of doors in it. And if you go up and to the left, you end up in another room that has a couple of them. And I think between those two rooms is where I was stuck. Hmm. First time. It wasn't even a, a big fight. I just, I was stuck there, I think, without any ammo. Yeah. Which can easily happen in this game. Like especially later on. Yeah, and I finally, finally saved up for the vintage suit. Yep, which has I think five more slots. Yes, fifteen slots altogether. Yeah, so I had to. No, I think it's got twenty. I think the original one I had had fifteen. Oh, okay. So it's got. Well, no, because the the security suits before that, and it had an increased slot. I don't know what it was though. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure which one I had before. I don't think you got the security suit. I think I did get the security suit, but I got it after. So I got it at the beginning of this playthrough. Okay. Like you, you must be able to get it twice because I think I got it in chapter six or seven. Yeah, they may six, throw maybe. the old schematics at you if you miss them. Yeah, so I think I picked it up in six and used it until about nine when I when I went to the vintage suit. Yeah, I went to the vintage suit, saved up for that. Um, you, uh, it gives you a discount at the store. Yeah, 10% discount. Yep, that helps me out some. Uh, and I, I'm I'm doing this weird balance of should I go with med packs or should I go with ammo? Because yep. there's, there's plenty of times where I'm in the low yellows or reds and have no ammo too, so. Yeah, just, just living with it, barely hanging on. Yeah. And there's I mean, been, there's been plenty of times where I just ran through a room. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think I've done that yet. No. There's, there's been times where I was like, oh, there's a bunch of those black ones, the ones that look like they're covered in goo. That, oh, yeah. That, the ones that spit? That they spit, and they also take a lot more shots to take their limbs off. Yeah. Um, it, Like, I was in a room, or it might have been like a corridor or something. There was like three of them there. I was like, screw this. I'm running. And I just ran right past them. And went into the next room, and there was a save point there. I was like, okay, that works. Yeah, there's that one weird U-shaped corridor where there's so many enemies. Yeah, there's a lot of that part, like yeah. um, like in the Chapter 10. So yep. going into the story a little bit, uh, there is some exposition uh, when we get to the tram. So we fix the tram. That's in Chapter 9. We're riding the tram, and uh, the... CEC guy, can't remember what that guy's name is. He uh, he's like, all right, it's time to cut my losses. We're just gonna kill all you guys right now. And he uses what they call the solar laser, solar solar ray. It shoots basically solar energy, and it cuts part of the space station in half, including the tram that we're riding on. Uh, and Isaac tells uh, Ellie to back the tram up. We're going to have to make a detour. Uh, the detour is, and we found out earlier in that chapter, was uh, as we're riding the tram, we see the USS Ishimura docked uh, way out there on the other part of the space station. And uh, Isaac's like, holy shit, that's the Ishimura. And she's like, yeah. She said, we heard... Uh, there was some um, 
weird terrorist attack. Everybody on board died. He was like, that wasn't a terrorist attack. That's how this all started. Yeah. How do you know I was there? <laughs> um, so cut to when the tram has been, uh, or the tracks to the tram has been screwed. Uh, Isaac says, back it up. I'm going to go to the Ishimura and, uh, I'm going to tether it to the tram so we can move to another part of the space station. And so I, I, we got kind of like a little, almost like Metal Gear Solid 4 moment where we return to Shadow Moses Island. Yeah. Uh, he goes back and, uh, at the very beginning of Dead Space 1, that long, uh, railway that, that goes into the Ishimura. I remember that. And, uh, he's like, it's been a while since I've been here and it feels really weird. <laughs> um, Undoubtedly. Yeah. And, uh, he goes there and he's having a ton of hallucinations of his dead girlfriend here. Um, to begin with, like w- when you're making your way through this, the Ishimura get to get to the engineering bay. There's no enemies. I was like, oh man, I've went through like two save spots and haven't ran into an enemy yet. And I was like, I'm sure that's going to change. And uh, sure enough, it does. Yep. Uh, so what we're trying to do is get the gravitational, uh, God, what was it called? The tethers? Yeah, but we have to have the gravity turned back on to the ship. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, the, the centrifuge. Centrifuge. There you go. Um, I have to turn that back on. So it's getting to the engineering bay to turn that back on to get the, to then get the, um, the gravity working again to then we can use the tethers to bring the Ishimura over to the space station where we need to connect the tram. Uh, we run into that one part where it's like a huge corridor. It's really long and, they just send everybody at you. <laughs> yeah, everybody, and then everybody again. <laughs> yeah, and then everybody again. And I love how they put like a little power node area right there where you need to go with the elevator. And of course, I go for the fucking power node. <laughs> uh, and then I run back. I freeze everybody right there at the entrance to the elevator, and I'm like, see ya! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... Luckily, I don't have to go back through that way. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, God, i got to run back through that. <laughs> but no, you don't. Uh, but yeah, going through the Ishimura, uh, you go through a, a few parts. You you actually uh, ride the, uh, the, the uh, basically the subway of the Ishimura again. That was kind of uh, nostalgic. Yeah. Uh, you ride it twice, actually. You ride it to get to the engineering bay, and then you ride it again to make it to where you can use the tethers uh, and, uh, was it? Ellie says, uh, looks like all the necromorphs are coming in through the medical bay. He's like, well, good thing we're not going to the medical bay. And then <laughs> the, tra- yeah, the two tra- seconds later, <laughs> the two seconds later, the tram's like, oh, there's a, uh, engine failure. We're, we're uh, welcome to the medical bay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> and we go through the medical bay and I don't know why, but everything's black light and there's just splatters of stuff everywhere. Yeah. That so that was the scene where I was like, "All right, I definitely did not make it here on my first playthrough." Oh yeah, I know I didn't. I, I would have remembered such a neon blue level. Yeah. Uh, and we it get- also makes it harder because that's the, almost the same shade of neon blue as everything that's good in the game. Yeah, everything you want to pick up. Yeah, everything you want to pick up, or like the, the the benches, the modification benches, or even the blue sort of on your suit. It's that. Yeah, neon blue or slightly aqua blue. But yeah, not much to talk about with the medical bay. I mean, you walk through it. This is where chapter 10 basically begins. Or no, chapter 10 begins when you arrive at the Ishimura. And then I was like, man, this chapter's kind of long. Because we went and turned the centrifuge back on. And we rode the tram, then went through the medical bay. And then we go back to where the tether is. And I'm like, damn, this is is like an hour. Yeah, I, I would say overall they got on average they got quite a bit longer in the next five. So the first five, I would have said the average level time was maybe thirty thirty five minutes. Yeah, and I feel like here it's up to maybe I would say close to an hour for me. 
you know, if you average these five together, because I did a lot of backtracking. There was a lot of points in these levels where I couldn't carry more ammo, and then I would find a save spot in in one of the uh, the commerce tubes, or I don't know what you call them. And so I would like I would sell off everything I could, then then walk back four or five rooms, pick up all the stuff that I had dropped, and then come back and resell it. Yeah, because I don't want to get to that point like I was in the first playthrough where. No money, no ammo, no life. Mm-hmm. So, and any time I'm like, all right, it'll take me a few more minutes, but it's clearly there's three or four things that I could sell. That's at least another health pack I can trade it in for. I'm like, yeah, I, I have to do that. They definitely pick up the survival horror in this. Uh, and it's weird because it's done through commerce. Like, you know, you got to get money. You have to find credits in order to buy ammo. You have to, you know, if you want to upgrade your stuff, you have to find the power nodes. And sometimes there's doors that require a power node and you don't know what's behind it. Um, there's a lot of uh, inventory management and stuff like that. It's, it feels a lot like a Resident Evil type of game. Yeah. Um, and the, the issue is, is that if you're not careful with that stuff, you can easily basically just screw yourself. Yep. Um, and that, like, I, there's a very few games out there, especially nowadays, that you could possibly, you know, screw yourself into a corner where you couldn't, you couldn't progress. Yeah, and ruin a whole playthrough. Yeah, that's that's the so, thing. How many saves do you keep? Because this is exactly the game you keep one save. Yeah. This is exactly the game that causes me to have more than one save. Typically, in RPGs and stuff like that, I keep two saves, and I overwrite the oldest one. Um, I don't know why there's been a couple of times where I, I would sit there and think, should I make a new save? Cause I'm kind of low on ammo right here and I don't know what's behind yep. door number one here. <laughs> uh, but now nah, so far I haven't made a, a, a second save. Oh, uh, I almost always do three just in case <laughs> I screw myself or, you know, what happens if something goes wrong when I save and that save gets corrupted? That's happened to me a few times before, so I, I almost always keep multiple saves in in every game. But this game especially because I know you know you could just get you could just be unlucky in a fight and lose your health packs, most of your ammo, you know. And then if you save at the next save and that's it, yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, that's uh that that type of game is hard to come by nowadays. Where you can you can potentially by, by how you play. You can mess your mess yourself up because, like, you think about it in like um, in an RPG or or any other type of game where you buy stuff. So, like, you say you buy weapons and armor and stuff like that. You've always still got that weapon and armor. You you don't really have to worry about ammo too much in this game. It's all about conserving ammo and conserving health packs. Yeah, you know, and and you can't sell those health nodes. I was like, all right, I got to back up. I got like three health nodes. That's that's a ton of cash. I don't think you can solve those, though, can you? The power nodes? Yeah. I don't know. Because they don't show up in your inventory. They show up on that separate little side screen. That's true. You don't. You can't sell power nodes. Yeah, you can't access them. Because I was just going to bank those and say, you know, if I get five or six of those, that's a huge amount of money that I could just have in case of an emergency. Yeah, no. I don't think you can. What I do like is whenever I get ammo for a gun that I don't have, that is cash in my pocket. Yep. Unless it takes up one of my spots that I need, and then it's probably going to be dropped and left behind. So far, the vintage suit, I don't think I'm going to run out of of, of carrying space. Really? Because I, I maxed mine out. I mean, I just got through a fight some somewhere in Chapter 10. I made it to one of the commerce stations, and I was actually able to load up. I had, I think, just gotten one of the power node rooms opened, so I was flush with health packs flush with ammo and I actually had a fair amount of cash so I filled up all my ammos and I filled up every spot in my suit with extra ammo see I, I, I maybe I'm running by the seat of my pants here because either I run out of I've been constantly running out of ammo in at least two of my guns um, on top of that I will then go fill up with I usually keep three health packs three medium health packs on me 
and then try to fill the rest of it with ammo. I am not buying any more guns. If I find a suit that may be better, I will probably save up for that if I can. Um, but the rest of it is just ammo. Um, luckily, the flamethrower ammo is probably the cheapest. It's only 900 um, credits. Mm. So I've been filling up on that. I've got like 200. Uh, right now, the capacity on my uh, flamethrower is like 25 and uh, twenty five will if if I got two enemies standing right in front of me, twenty five will will kill both of them. So I got like two hundred of that. Try to keep that at two hundred, at least probably about thirty shots of the plasma cutter, and the rest of it I'm just like the pulse. If I find ammo laying around, I'll take it, and uh, if I start running into the smaller enemies, I'll use that for it. And the line, the line gun is is quickly becoming something I use in a desperate situation. Um, mainly because I haven't upgraded it, and it's like, oh, I've only got like four shots of this, so I don't want to waste that ammo, and at the same time, that's my last resort. Yeah, see, I don't use that at all unless I'm in a kill room. Yeah, And if I am, I start with that, and I go for the kneecaps on everybody, and then I switch back to my plasma cutter and try and take out their arms. So that, that, that's that's how I have been approaching these kill rooms. So when I'm buying ammo, the only ammo I'm buying it for is the plasma cutter and the pulse rifle. Mm-hmm. And then I guess if I have extra cash, I'll buy some line racks. But it's mostly, you know, when I get into the fight, it's line racks first, then the plasma cutter. And then if there's a lot of small enemies, I'll switch to the pulse rifle. Or if I'm running out on the plasma cutter. And then I, I generally don't use the rivet gun at all in those situations. I don't think... It doesn't knock them back. It doesn't seem that powerful. It's not. It, it just it doesn't do much of anything in a, in a firefight. So I, I pretty much just intentionally use up all my ammo. If Like the the little tri-appendage ones, because they don't advance on you. Yeah. I can just pull that out and shoot. I mean, it still takes like 20 shots to kill one. That's why, dude, I'm telling you abandon that friggin rivet gun yeah i should get rid of it get rid of it and go with the flamethrower i'm telling you that was the best purchase i've made that flamethrower like originally you'll look at it and say then this kind of sucks but you combine stasis with that it'll wreck guys and if you yeah. got and if you got like a like a like a couple of guys rushing you and they're a decent distance away shoot that canister at them that'll blow them up Mm. See, I was thinking about going for the for the Ripper as my fourth because I I I've already my main two weapons are definitely the plasma cutter and the pulse rifle. Yeah. So those are the two I've upgraded uh, capacity and damage as much as I can. So those are the two that, and I'm always carrying a lot of ammo for those two because that's what I buy mostly. So if I get into a room, each one of those guns I can probably take out 15, 20, 20 enemies with. So those are my two workhorses. I've got the line racks for groups. So I'm thinking the the one thing that I could use is potentially the the buzzsaw. Because if I could use stasis on a boss and then buzzsaw them, I feel like that's probably the I guess equivalent to a chainsaw would be the most damage I could do if I could get somebody up close. And normally I'm not a chainsaw kind of guy because I don't want to let them that close to me, but if I can stasis them you know, then a chainsaw is perfect. Well, that is a good point, but I will say that the great thing about the flamethrower is I do not have to be accurate at all. Yeah. And on top of that, it does do damage over time. Um, because there has been times where I would, when you hit when you hit an enemy with a flamethrower, when they're kind of coming at you, it does make them stagger for a second. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And, I have been able to stagger a guy and then kind of try to back away from him and not shoot him at the same time, and the damage over time will kill him. I mean, it's it's, it's not it's a rare occurrence, but it definitely does. You can tell that there is some damage happening while I'm not shooting. So uh, I don't know. That's that's totally up to you, but I would uh, I highly recommend the flamethrower. Mm. Yeah, I might look at that. I mean. Th- there's still for me right now. There's enough situations where I don't want to use my good ammo on like the three appendage guys or those little fl- 
floppy amoeba-looking things. Oh, I hate those things, and the flamethrower is so nice. Yeah, probably gets rid of those pretty quick. Oh, yeah. Or the, you know, the fast little adolescent kids. Like mm-hmm. those, I, I like to use the rivet gun on just because I that ammo means nothing to me. So if I have any, I'm not wasting any good ammo on them. Well, see, but, that the counterpoint to that is is that the flamethrower is still good on the the more dangerous enemies, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So take yeah, it, take it like as you will. Yeah. The rivet gun really is my absolute like last chance. I don't even try to fight normal enemies with it. I, I love how that was the pre-order bonus too. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I mean they obviously couldn't give you like a ultra powerful weapon as the pre-order bonus because that would just suck for people who bought it. You know, not, yeah. not pre-ordered it. So, but uh, yeah, uh, going back to the story, we are close to the end of chapter ten. Uh, we uh, get the, the uh, tethers working. We pull the Ishimura to, to the uh, to the rest of the uh, the space station. Uh, Ellie and Strauss are able to go across the tram uh, to the next area, uh, and Isaac gets the bright idea of, "Hey, well, you know what? I don't have to go back through all that crap I just went through. Why don't I just use one of the escape pods that's on the Ishimura?" Which he does, and of course it crashes. Uh, <laughs> He hits something and then it says, oh, stability is lost and you can't, like, uh, the guidance system is, is malfunctioned. So then he just crashes. He survives. Uh, but at this point, Strauss is becoming more aggressive and more crazy. Yeah, you get a weird little cliffhanger scene there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as uh, Isaac is waking up, there is a video transmission of Ellie with Strauss holding a screwdriver at her eyeball. And he is about to stab her in the eye. And then the video cuts off. And so now we're trying to desperately get to Ellie and Strauss before anything bad happens. And that's, uh, that's the end of where we played. That's probably the most exposition I've seen so far. Yeah. Aside from the, you know, the betrayal part. Yeah, so there's there's one thing I wanted to mention that we we skipped out on. There's that one scene where you fight where you fight the boss. You have to like blow up. You you walk into a room and there's like tentacles over the door. Uh, I think it's maybe right at the beginning of chapter ten, and then you have to like you have to stasis a couple of little fire barrels and shoot them in. And then watch the meter drop until it hits zero, and then it explodes, and it it moves the tentacles out of the way, and then you go down onto the the main platform. You have to do that again, but while you're trying to do that, you have to fight a boss. Yeah, you know what I did? I kept grabbing the uh, explosive uh, tanks and throwing at the thing I needed to, and then ran away from the boss. Yeah, that's what I did too. But I had to stasis him a couple times in order to get away from him. I had a little trouble there because I didn't have any life packs, and he would do these leaps that would hit me kind of no matter what I was doing. And knock you down. Yeah, I couldn't really get completely out of his way. So that that one did take me a couple of tries. That one took me one extra try because I got confused on where I was supposed to go. I rode the wrong elevator, (laughs) and then the place blew up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that happened. Yeah, I had one time where I... I blew up the second container right as he was killing me. <laughs> so I'm laying on the like they're they start talking about the next scene as I'm laying there dead on the ground. And then I had one where I had killed him, killed the boss, and then I didn't realize it was so urgent to get out of there, so I was walking around picking up items. <laughs> because there's there's a maybe a, a ruby or a diamond semiconductor that comes out after you blow up that second tank. Yeah. So I had to time it the next time to where I blew up the tank and then found myself back in that corner when I killed the boss so that I could then pick up the semiconductor and then sprint out to the elevator. That diamond uh, semiconductor is really good. Yeah, 25,000. That's uh, that's something you want to pick up. That's yeah, like a whole new suit mm-hmm. almost. So uh, 
We did get an email. Um, this one is kind of like chronicling the past few um, games that we've covered. It comes from Mookie. Uh. Uh, it says, uh, hello, guys. Mookie here, and I want to sum up the highlights of the previous games you guys did on the show and share my personal experiences with each of them. To the Moon. It was first, it was first presented to me, uh, from one of the best friend, one of the best friends when it was outside Steam and finished it in two days. Uh, it came in a good timing because I had a breakup with one of my exes while playing Skyrim and I don't feel like touching that game because of it. Uh, it's one of the, it's one of those wonderful games that I had in a, that I've had in a long time, uh, thought that it's gonna be another JRPG, but it wasn't. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that you guys didn't like it, uh, what I've been anticipating for so long, but I appreciate that Drew finally put it in on after uh, many years of me asking him to do so. And I even treated that game uh, to him on Steam if he didn't remember. He to did. the moon? Yeah. I actually, I really liked that game. I, I, I enjoyed that game too. I mean, I, I know we came off... I, I feel like we kind of came off thinking we didn't like how the story went. Uh what I feel like it did was make us talk about our own feelings. Um, now I enjoyed my time with it. I really did. You know, don't, don't get confused about that. I, I think it was, uh, it was a, it was a thought out game. It, uh, raised a lot of questions for, for both of us. And I think we had a great podcast discussion on it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many riffs and offshoots of that idea of when you can, when you, you might, decide something for someone else i mean there, there's there's a lot of implications in that game that i think are, are really good and and should be explored yeah uh and also their uh, newest game just came out can't remember what it's called but uh the sequel to to the moon just came out oh really yes it did uh, he says here uh but i guess it's nice that johnny reminded himself that he had a twin brother and uh relived his memories and gave him peace in a way. It's also so sad that he was suffering from memory loss most of his life because of the loss of his brother. After all these years, River was there for him from childhood friends until her death as his wife, and he's still suffering from the passive pain that he can't seem to shake off. I guess the reason why I felt so connected to it was because I never see eye to eye with my late father, and maybe if uh, this type of tech is allowed before I die to be used on me, I would probably try to remember the great lost memories that I had with him and probably would find a way how to say how much I missed him and loved him after all this time and telling him how, uh, though it is and telling him how, uh, though it is to be the man of the house after his death. Uh, I may be scared by him, but in the end of the day, at the end of the day, he, uh, will always be my dad. And I live partially because of the lessons I've got from him. Uh, overall was an, uh, amazing. The game was amazing, but I hope that the second one will be good. If not as great because the creator posted a video before the release of the second game. And it kind of worries me a bit. Uh, up next ready player one book. I mostly felt the mm. same as you guys. It's a great story because of the references, but the ending was shit. Uh, however, I also finished Armada and I feel like the author got better on how to end the story. And I am also glad that he, uh, is not trying to be, uh, the Enders series, which I admire. Uh, Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. The crew's discussion about this series is one of the best of Phoenix Down podcasts. I understand what Jay's talking about, uh, the end, and I totally am for it. It's excellent. It's actually well written, but I confess I enjoy listening to you guys, uh, than me trying to play through the game. Uh, there's the stigma I'm getting from Japanese games with anime and JRPGs. It's not as exciting as it was before. Hmm. Uh, I tried Final Fantasy 13 and I fell asleep. Persona 4 felt the same way and, uh, uh, Final Fantasy 15 had that too. Alan Wake. I wanted to play with you guys, but I, uh, just tried Rainbow Six Siege for the first time and got hooked until this day and would say that it's my multiplayer game of the year. Uh, I remember buying Alan Wake on release with the collector's edition and also bought a polo shirt. Uh, the book was amazing and gave me the creeps as well as the art book. 
but when I finally got to the game, I felt unease because of the dark presence and triggered my anxiety. I guess right after the uh, last gen, I never felt the same with survival horror games, and I get scared easily on things. It also triggers my fears uh, on Supernatural uh, in uh, real life, too. But regardless of my limited experience of the game, I love the OST, the settings, the TV series-like presentation, but the controls were a bit of an issue as far as I can remember. And finally, Dead Space 2. It wasn't as scary as Dead Space 1, but I definitely enjoyed the game. Improved gameplay and zero-G controls were awesome, and his suit was even compared to Iron Man 2, the movie. Uh... They could have done better on the story because it felt almost the same as one, but props uh, to the known WTF moment of Isaac's eye. Hadn't got there yet. Yep. Uh, I know the part that he's talking about because I have seen it, but I have never seen it personally. Hmm. Uh, Looking forward to that. But uh, thank you, Mookie, for that, uh, that email. Uh, it's good to get some uh, perspective on uh, all the things that we've covered. Yeah, it's uh, they've, they've been some interesting games, certainly. I mean, even just these three, if you look at Danganronpa, Dead Space, and To the Moon, they're three quite different games. Absolutely. Um, this will be the last game that we uh we cover for 2017 matt what if you look back at 2017 which one's your favorite game that we've played for phoenix down oh shit i have to look at the list <laughs> yeah let me uh let me bring it up real quick because i'm okay curious of that ztgd.com Got some great radio here. <laughs> it happens. Phoenix. So, which one did we start with this year? Uh, that's a good question. Let me look here. Hmm. Not entirely sure. Hang on a second. There's definitely some good ones on this list. Uh, yeah. Uh. Let's see here. I will read them all off for you. Um, So we got... uh, It started with Intermission? Did we start with Intermission 21? Which was uh, Danganronpa, the end of Hope's Peak? Or did we do Mass Effect one and two, or two and three, at the beginning of the year? We definitely did two and three. So I think the first one we played for Phoenix Down was Mass Effect two. Okay. So we had Mass Effect two. We then talked about uh, Danganronpa, the end of Hope Speak Academy. Uh, Mass Effect two uh, again. Then they did Mass Effect three. They did The Last of Us. We finished off Xenogears finally. We did uh, Wolfenstein, The New Order. We did Earthbound, To the Moon, Ready Player One, Mario and Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story, Danganronpa V3, Killing Harmony, Alan Wake, and Dead Space 2. Yeah, so there's a lot of ways to talk about favorite. I mean, purely my favorite game on that list is still probably Mass Effect 2. Okay. Uh... The one I'm happiest that we did was probably finish up Xenogears. <laughs> um, maybe the most surprising one for me, the most maybe purely enjoyable, like minute to minute, might have been Mario and Luigi. Yeah. Because I haven't really played any of these games before. And, you know, it was just, it was fun. I mean, there was, you know, this, the story doesn't add much, but, you know, and it wasn't this big, like, AAA in the traditional sense game, but it was just, you know, every level was kind of fun. I mean, there was a lot to it, a lot of little tweaks. Um, it's kind of cool doing a book for the first time with Ready Player One, but yeah. To the Moon was probably the most emotional game, and those tend to rate pretty highly for me. Yeah. 
You know, um, for me, uh, my most hyped game was Danganronpa V3 um, because I absolutely loved everything about Danganronpa so far. And while I really enjoyed Danganronpa V3, I, I, everybody knows how I feel about the end of that. Um, I, I, I still enjoyed it, but at the same time, I don't like how it ended. And if it ends that way, like the entire series ends that way, I, I don't know if it's going to, it's going to leave a bad taste in my mouth. I also, to be honest, thought it was a bit of a step down even throughout the game. It's true. I thought the characters were good, but I, I just didn't get that tightness of murder and investigation that I did in the first two. Yeah. To me, there were too many, too many loose ends, too many kind of assumptions that you had to make, and you don't even know if you're supposed to make them or not. Yeah. A little bit of too, a little too much coincidence. Uh, still, I still really enjoyed it, but yeah. Uh, you know, I I thoroughly enjoyed Earthbound. Yeah, and it was because of that grind. There was moments when I was playing Earthbound where I was in the zone. I was making progression. I was leveling up. I was, you know, I knew exactly what to do. You know, you started manipulating the uh, the hit point counter thing. Mm-hmm. There was some really really cool ideas in Earthbound, um, and I was glad to finally play it because that was one of the, you know. What's a JRPG you have to play before you die? Earthbound. Yep. Uh, I think the ending was weak, but I mean, it's a SNES game. Yeah. All the SNES not, not games usually, are... <laughs> yeah, not usually narratively focused with a big punchy ending. Yeah. Um, I did like our whole trek through the Mass Effect series. Yeah, starting. Uh, yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I still have a lot more respect for Mass Effect 3 than what I did originally. I do too. I I feel like, and like I think I even said it on the Mass Effect uh, podcast was that uh, I feel like three is my favorite, just because of the stakes can't be any higher. You know, Mass Effect two was all about. I want my teammates to like me so that they can survive this one mission. You didn't really do missions in that game. You just went and did. It was mainly just loyalty missions until the the last mission. Yeah, it's true that the story of the game is pretty short in Mass Effect 2. Yeah. Uh, I have more respect for The Last of Us. I, uh, you know, everybody knows how I felt about The Last of Us. And <laughs> at the same time, I still kind of feel that way. I don't think it's a great playing game, but I can still see that it's, it tells a good story. Um, that was also one of the games that Laura liked a lot. And she to watch. She liked to yeah. She liked to watch, and um, she she's like legitimately excited for the Last of Us two, which means I have to buy the Last of Us two. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I I would say, and I I enjoyed reading Ready Player One. That actually, you know, holy shit, I read a book this year. <laughs> you know, I don't read. <laughs> um. Yeah, so we, we can certainly keep Armada on the, the potential list of change of pace games. If we are going big onto JRPGs, we might want a palate cleanser or two. So it's true. So yeah, that's that's the other big announcement we have. Is I made it on uh, on Twitter, but I'm going to make the announcement again here officially. Our theme for next year, 2018, will be JRPGs. I know a couple years ago we did the Year of the RPG, which we did Western RPGs. In fact, it was mainly Dragon Age. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, doing all everything JRPG. Uh, we got a, we got a short list of games that we'd like to cover, um, but the uh, the first one that we know for certain is going to be Nino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch. I'm stoked for that. Really, I'm, really excited I'm, for that. I'm game. excited for that one too. I think Laura would like that. The problem is that there's going to be a lot of... Uh, she's going to find the battles boring, not fun to watch, and there's going to be a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I think anytime stories coming up or the or the characters or anything like that, she'd like that because I think she, she'd like the kind of the endearing story and the, the cute characters and stuff like that. Um... But yeah, that'll be our first game of uh, 2018 when we uh, when we get to it. Uh, 
other short list stuff. I know, Matt, you mentioned Folklore. Yeah, it's been Finally. kicking around since the beginning of the PS3. I know. Since since we started uh, Game Club, you've always brought up Folklore every time we talked about something. Uh, that will probably be one that we do. Weirdly, it's a game that I don't think about very often. Yeah. It's just because, I, I don't know, they've never really... It's just not part of our collective culture. I mean, nobody talks about it. There's not any sequels that I'm aware of. No, the 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 company that made folklore went on to make actually one of my a a kind of like a um a hidden gem was uh, Majin in the Forsaken Kingdom. Uh, if anybody out there doesn't know what I'm talking about, you should actually go and try and find you a copy of Majin in the Forsaken Kingdom because that is a great game and one that not a lot of people have uh, paid attention to. A little bit similar in aesthetic, right? A bit of a kind of a dark fantasy, twisted fantasy type thing. Slightly, uh, I would say. I would liken Majin the Forsaken Kingdom to be uh, kind of like a slight dark Disney movie, um, because it's got you know your your uh, rambunctious young hero, and he has this giant who is also very gentle, and you know. He's, he's, that's the muscle and he's the brain and they're both like this unlikely duo that, you know, take on the world kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that game a lot. Um, but yeah, folklore, I'm guessing is an RPG. Yeah. I don't know exactly how they describe it really. Right. Um, what other, what was the other games that we had on our short list? Uh, Final Fantasy. Yeah, Final Fantasy. Um, Final Fantasy twelve, the one Final Fantasy that I've never played, and up until about three years ago, never saw screenshots of. There is uh the remake on the PlayStation Four called the Zodiac Age, which I think would be the perfect one that we should probably play. Mm-hmm. Um, and also five years of doing Phoenix Down, and we have never done. A Final Fantasy where Phoenix Down comes from. Yep, nor have I ever finished a Final Fantasy game. Wow. That's, uh, I've finished many Final Fantasy games. Um, I've got, I've got a lot of collective hours into Final Fantasy as a franchise, but. Yeah. Never finished a game. I've beaten, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, thirteen and thirteen, two. I didn't finish Lightning Returns because I didn't kind of care for that game that much. Uh, and 15. I beat 15 as well. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we're, we're gonna work on that list a little bit more. I mean, obviously we'll have plenty of time because <laughs> <laughs> a level five RPG is gonna take us a while. But, uh, we're not done with, uh, our Nightmare Before Christmas just yet. We're gonna finish up Dead Space 2 next week. Um, you can uh, follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, you can send us an email. Send us an email about Dead Space Two. I know somebody out there is playing that game. It has to be. Uh, let me know what you think. What weapons are you using? What kind of upgrades are you going for? Kind of thing, uh, and how you feel about the uh, about the combat and the game itself. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, I found the uh, combat in Alan Wake to be uh, overbearing and stale while nothing really changes in dead space too, but I still like it. Yep. I mean, as, as a quick, like five second snapshot on how I'm feeling in the game, it, the, the action I think is, is working well. The game's ramping up in intensity. It, it prepares you for most of these big fights. So you do get, uh, there's a lot of saves. There's, there's generally at least the, option to buy ammo you know the stakes are getting higher the enemies are getting bigger there's more boss fights well maybe not more but they, I, I don't know it it's feeling like from a minute to minute intensity level it is it is ramping up and i'm i'm excited to see where that goes i'm expecting some big fights some big set pieces in the in the final third of this game so i'm i'm, I'm enjoying it and i'm looking forward to it I even if i'm not terribly thrilled by the you know the story itself yeah i i'm really enjoying this game and i i can't wait to see it end finally 
after since 2011. Since 2011, I earned my first trophy in Dead Space 2 today. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's exciting. But uh, yeah, that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. You guys have a great one. We'll be back next week with the continuation and conclusion to Dead Space 2.